0: Good morning. You're listening to Drinking
1: Socially, the official untapped podcast. Your inside look into what's happening in the untapped community and the world of beer. I'm John.
0: Whales. (laughs) How have they changed over time? What are they? Not the fish or the mammal, but why do we chase after them? There are so many unanswered or even unanswerable questions uh, surrounding the topic of whales and craft beer. Mm -hmm. which on its own, there is no real definition for a whale in the craft beer world. So we're going to try today to get uh, some things kind of brought together and provide some definitions or insights on craft beer and whales. And we brought the biggest whale we could find, thanks much, Charles and Elsa, um, and one that you guys actually voted for on Untappd's Instagram post. So looking
1: forward to drinking with you guys. And I'm Harrison, and I'm gonna to start today's podcast with a quote from Herman Melville's Moby Dick, which seems uh, uh apropos of the moment and the day. It is the easiest thing in the world for a man to look as if he had a great secret in him. Right you are, Herman, and now it kind of secrets out when why hide it? I mean, we're celebrating some pretty cool beers today and, and pumped to do so. so we're gonna to get to drinking them in a moment. But um, but first, before we dive in Drinking socially is released every other Wednesday morning and can be found at podcast.untap.com dot com or wherever you listen to podcasts and whale puns. <laughs> <laughs> the only place for both beer and whale puns right here.
0: Uh, this is a great quote, Harrison. Actually, I, <laughs> I believe there's some homage to the initial definition of a white whale or a craft beer whale yeah. coming from Moby Dick, sure. which is a book that I'll
1: admit on air, I have not read. <laughs> and I read a long, long time ago. And by read, I mean I kind of read it. Yeah, I'm aware that Ishmael is an important <laughs> right. opening line. That was the whale's name, right? probably. <laughs> so what beers have you been drinking recently, Harrison? <laughs> right, on to beers. So, yeah, had another good good weekend um of just enjoying some beers that've kind of been on my list, on my my wish list, on my radar a few of them. Uh, most notably an- another kind of version of Westbrook's Br- Rinse and Repeat, which is a rotating IPA series they do, where each one kind of features two hops. I'm in a similar malt base among them all. This one was Citra and Mosaic, which to, to me has really kind of become like the new version of what Centennial and Cascade used to be, where that was a really classic kind of combo, hop combo a lot of beers used to use most notably 60 minute from dogfish head but a a lot of other ones kind of tried to duplicate that magic so now i kind of see citra mosaic paired up a lot i think it's a great combo it was very very delicious and getting close to my uh the end of my nugget nectar stash for the year so kind of savoring savoring that and had uh, a few of those this weekend too Uh, how about you john well, I actually started following Nugget
0: Nectar on mm-hmm. Untapped, and I also get a <laughs> notification whenever Harrison checks into a beer. <laughs> so it was a pretty uh, a nice uh, serendipitous moment when I saw him checking into a Nugget Nectar, Send him a message on Untapped, and didn't even ask. I was like, hey, if I come by in a couple of minutes, can I grab one of those <laughs> from you? Um, thanks Always. to everybody who messaged me or in the Facebook group offered to help me find it. Um and yeah. what else did I drink? I went to a local brew pub. They produced a fruited beer. Yes, it reminded me of the first time I ever went to the Answer Brew nice. Pub in Richmond. Yeah, amazing. It, it tasted like a health drink. <laughs> um, that was amazing. It was really cool to go there for brunch. And I was excited. My wife was planning a trip to Florida that got canceled. I was hoping to get some Angry Chair, which is like my wish list yeah. brewery right. for twenty twenty. Her trip got canceled, but a walk away from that or a nice reminder, probably the best bottle shop you'll ever find is that friend that travels. (laughs) And what I'll often do if someone tells me they're going, one of my friends just went to Spain. Yeah. So, you know, I'll look, where are you going in Spain? Okay, Barcelona. Let me check verified venues. Let's see what's on their menus. And then I can help them out and say, you should go to this place. They have great beer. Right. And also, hey, maybe bring that one back, and we'll share <laughs> yeah. it when you get. Here. See what happens. See how it tastes over here. That's always a good move. So I was all excited about that. Maybe next time. Uh, what about news stuff, Harrison? No, I don't like um I, nothing big that I tried I wanted to report on anyways, but you were. I know you were talking. You were pretty excited about some news from
1: Sierra Nevada. Yeah, that's right. Two couple of things popped up this week. The first one is they have like an innovation, uh, part of their uh of their you know, company called the Chico Fermentation Project, and they announced their first release. It's called the Strange Beast Hard Kombucha. So it's a series of, I think, four or so different kombuchas that are going to have some pretty significant alkaline. I think they're around six or seven percent. Um, so that'll be really neat to kind of check out those are hitting the market pretty soon. And I also saw they're doing another collaboration with Bitburger, who they collaborated with on their Oktoberfest in 2019. So the most recent one is of today's uh Recording, which I thought was great. Um, first time Bitburger's yeast left Germany for that beer as they Thanks. brewed it in the States. So a lot of really cool things about it. It was just great. It we talked about that on last year's we October We actually drank episode. it. Yeah, yep. yep. We, we had it here. Uh, it was awesome. Um, so they're coming back again. This time Sierra Nevada went to Germany and they brewed a triple hopped lager, is what they're calling it. It's due out in March. It's going to be in cans, 11.2 ounce cans to be precise, where this time yeah, Sierra Nevada brought with them a bunch of American West Coast hops combining with kind of Bitburger's hop blend they use in almost all their beer. So it sounds like it's going to be pretty cool, a little different take on a lager. uh, And out, yeah, in March in Canton. So keep an eye for that right now. It should be be out currently. And there are a couple other things too, John. What else did you see?
0: Yeah, uh, Uinta Brewing, Mm -hmm. which most of us in the States probably remember out of Utah. uh, They kind of ran into some hard times. Every business, I think, is going to encounter – uh, a difficult day, week, month, year. Sure. Um, but you went to, I've seen their shelf space kind of decline. And it was a, a news article I was looking into that just kind of put it into perspective to me. They're poised to kind of bounce back in 2020. Um, but their year began with a voluntary recall of 20,000 cases of oh, beer, uh, which is, I mean, that's money you lost brewing it, yeah. packaging it, distributing it. And now it's not going to generate any income, but they they did a voluntary recall on that due to yeast contamination, oh. uh, which is I think that's the right move. I'm yeah. sure that's not easy to swallow no. on the balance no. sheet, but um, for those of you that are fortunate enough to be in a state where Uint is going to be distributing in 2020, they're looking to launch a hazy nosh, five nice. percent uh, hazy a five uh, percent ABV hazy. IPA. Uh, really excited to see how that one performs. And I wish those guys the best of luck. Yeah. Um, last bit of news catch up, Harrison. I didn't you brought this to my attention. Adam Lambert, the uh chief financial officer, mm-hmm. chief revenue officer for for brew dog right. uh in the US for the last year, so a couple of years. You he's what's his you,
1: you fill me in, but yeah. So right. So he worked for brew dog uh in the US and just got of really successful there um, uh, jacked up their kind of volume production to uh, 53,000 barrels, uh, in the U S while he was with them. Now he is, um, over kind of helping out some other really storied breweries in, uh, in Michigan. He's with, um, with dark horse now and, uh, rope brewing company, which is pretty cool. So, um, kind of join up with them to to kind of help guide them into the, the new decade and, and all that cool stuff. But he's got quite the kind of, um, quite the kind of sheet he's worked for virtue cider new holland dogfish head rogue so definitely been around knows the industry well um and excited to see what the, he does with two breweries one of which i know dark horse really well don't know um Rogue that well but dark horse makes some amazing beers crooked tree is one that comes to mind yep. is a really yep. great ipa and then double crooked tree is the the double version of that. So um, yeah, pumped to see what he does there. Clearly he knows what he's doing and, and did a wonderful brew dog in the, in the U S that'll be pretty sick to see. That's, I think that's really cool. Those little, like uh, th- there
0: is no kind of Michael Jordan or Brad right. Pitt of the brewing world. Right. right Those, some
1: right. brewers might, <laughs> um, <laughs> may argue otherwise. Right.
0: <laughs> but Adam Lambert, great resume. And I think that'll be really exciting. If you notice in 2020 that you start to see more dark horse or Roke in, in your area. Yeah. Um, it might be due to some of this guy's moves. I'm excited to see how that pans out for those two Michigan breweries. Oh, yeah. Cool. Um, other than that, usually at this point we get to the first beer that we're cracking open. Oh, snap. This one I feel like should come with a lot of pomp and circumstance. Yeah, drum rolling and celebration, something like that. Um, quick background on the beer that Harrison and I are about to open. Um, so there are some fans of the podcast. Hopefully if you're listening, you count yourself as one of them. Um, but two fans that are now incredibly near and dear to my heart, Charles and Elsa, uh, their story kind of began about 12 years ago. Um, Charles met Elsa. He was a Bud Light drinker 12 years (laughs) ago. A lot of us were, (laughs) Um yeah. she introduced him to different beers and they kind of fell in love with each other and they fell in love with craft beer and they're still together today which is now we're building a very romantic story. Yeah. Um the beer part about it like these guys like many of us you know go through the day to day they plan their vacations around what breweries they're going to visit. And if they end up at a place with a French picnic or bar and Bud Light's the only thing to drink now, they'll just right, kindly right. have a soda or go to wine, which I think is really cool, uh, kind of indoctrinated into a love of each other in craft beer. Mm-hmm. The story about how they learned of Russian River, uh, uh, which will be a hint to the beer we're about to crack open. <laughs> they drove six hours to go visit lagunitas brewery and like many of us they got there on the one day of the week that lagunitas was closed um elsa (laughs) messaged one of her friends and uh the friend said you should check out this brewery up the road that ended up being russian uh russian river charles had been on kind of a mission to get pliny the younger for a couple of years and At one point, I think he said to me he had a chance, but it was like an eight-hour wait in line. Yep, used to be crazy. Still, but yeah, (laughs) the the year he got it this year, um, through work, I think he had to go to Malpitas in California, a little south of Santa Rosa and said, all right, I'm going to take this opportunity. He waited mm-hmm. in line for six hours, but this is how awesome Charles is. I, I, I don't know if I could do that. He <laughs> says the wait in line was unnoticed. I made a bunch of new friends, shared some great beer stories. Yeah. There's there's that, that part of craft beer. It doesn't matter where you come from, race, age, we're all there to celebrate this really good thing. Oh yeah. Um, and he phrased it well. So Uh, The next beer that Harrison's about to introduce, uh, we owe a, a huge debt of gratitude to Charles and Elsa for helping us get our hands on this amazing beer.
1: Exactly right. And without further ado, Pliny the Younger is entering the ranks today, and I'm pumped about it. I have a fair amount of stories about this beer. John, this is going to be your first time enjoying it, correct? I've dreamt of this
0: day many times, but just holding the bottle is kind of – it's it's a lot to take in. Sure,
1: and that's a lot to take in for everyone because this is the first year they've ever bottled it, at least officially. There were rumors they brought some bottles of it to uh, GABFA for consumption amongst friends a couple years ago, but uh, this is official for real – Pliny the Younger, John is opening up right now, and judging by his face, got some some lovely hop character to it. So let's talk a little about this beer, obviously made by Russian River. It is designated as a triple IPA, comes in at 10.25% ABV, 90 IBUs, um, and now it's released each year at their downtown Santa Rosa location and the new uh, brewery in Windsor um, the first Friday of February. Um, and then again, this 2020, the first year that is actually available in bottles. So very cool, um, that we're able to actually have it, have it right here in the, uh, in the studio tonight. Um, some kind of other tasty notes about it really. So kind of a lot of rumors about, or uh, different stories you hear about, what has it hopped, how, how many times, how many dry hops, how do they do it? That kind of keeps part of the magic and, and mystery alive here. So, um, I remember we're talking with Vinny at uh Forum of the Beer Gods in Philadelphia many years ago. He shared a lot of stories. One of them though, and Vinny is the one of the owners and founders of Russian River, was that he's tasted so many clones of this beer and then it's counterpart c cl- to the elder um over the years, and a lot of them are really, really good. Um, but uh but oftentimes overdo it a bit on the crystal malt, which is what a lot of brewers use for um Oh man, for uh <laughs> Did you get a smell there you know, for um this is one of their uh specialty malts, but um but the hops uh hops are anyway, that's not what we're talking about. Let's just drink this beer. This is good. I don't even have it yet. I'm I'm just I'm enamored by the smell th- of as the as soon day. as
0: I put the top off of the bottle, it like it just it smelt like hop pellets in yeah. this in the studio. Right.
1: And that is well let's hear. It. Let's uh cheers to Charles and Elsa and to you, John, and let's let's have a sip of this and and check it out and mm. Yeah, man. Holy cow. Mm. It's so, there it is. Hops coming in on the end there. It's such a cool beer. So the first time I had this uh, was one of my favorite beer experiences ever, where it was available at my local dive bar, not dive bar, my go-to bar in, in Philadelphia, the block and a half away from where I lived. And I knew about it ahead of time. Got out online that we were going to have this beer on tap. And living there, I always went through the side entrance, kind of in the back, that everyone in the neighborhood went into the bar through. It was kind of standard and didn't think anything of it. Um, And so that day, did the same thing I always do. Walked in, it was totally empty. And I was like, this is very weird. Like, I thought, am I early? Am I way too early? I thought it was like five or ten minutes early. This is kind of strange. And I see some of the bartenders kind of hustling and bustling near the taps and a bunch of beer laid out. And so I go over to one of them, like, "Hey guys, it's like, should we? What's going on?" And like, "Oh no, come on, good to see you, Harrison. Come on in, sit down." And so I'm kind of sitting there. All the windows are closed for some reason, and I'm kind of like, "Hey, what's going on? What's happening?" They're like, "Oh yeah, like we're about to open the doors." And I was like, "What do you mean?" I peek outside and look on the the it's on a corner this this uh this bar look on the uh, other street that it's on the corner of, and there's a line all the way down it and I didn't even see it. I just walked into the bag didn't even see the line and, and <laughs> so went right by that like I get, like, I, like I always do right exactly some kind of wink and a nudge and a um, and then I was in there um ordered two pork tacos that down poured me two pints of this beer and then opened the door for everybody else and the keg kicked in like i think 16 minutes or something like that it was like immediately gone um it was was one of the best days ever eating pork tacos drinking Pliny of the younger got it before i should have um, but, uh, but yeah, so this beer for many reasons has a lot of f- cool memories in my, my head, but John, I'm curious, first time having it, what are your, what's going on right now? This is your pork tacos and secret line jumping moment. What are you, what's this, happening? The, the,
0: this <laughs> is, I'll <laughs> always consider myself blessed to have not waited in line for this beer. I almost feel like I've done it a disservice. Like mm, I haven't, sweat I, haven't equity. I haven't paid enough homage <laughs> to this beer, but if we can strip away all of the uh the the, the hype that right. is that I mean, I think hype's a bad word to use, but there's yeah. certainly hype that surrounds this beer. Oh, in this yeah. case, it's deserved. Um this is great. It it I, I naturally want to compare it to Pliny the Elder. Right. And it is similar in a world where every IPA today is hazy, dry hopped, arguably delicious. Um, but this brings my favorite part after mm. one sip, and I'm, I'm going to have a couple more. Yeah. But my favorite part after one sip is how it's, it's, it's maybe heftier than the Elder sure. um, on my palate, but it brings the same amount of subtle, balanced perfection. It's like... If Pliny the Elder is a six-minute
1: rock opera dedicated to hops, yes. this is an 11-minute hop opus. Yes, exactly. Dedicated to all things great about beer. And kind of elaborate on what I was talking about before we drank this beer about the crystal malt. That's like a lot of the times, obviously you can talk about hops in this beer forever, but that little honey note right at the beginning, yeah. the malty note, that is coming from that. And Vinny always talked about how like that was the really the, a big misstep. He tasted a lot of clones. it's was just too much of that especially malt, this is a very like simple beer on the malt side. It's a lot happening in it, but it just lets the hops dance around there. I'd make the argument that if you gave this to
0: 10 beer drinkers, craft or otherwise, not every one of them would realize how amazing this is. It would be It'd a really be. good beer, right. but I think a lot of people might, right. uh, at first sip, might not quite re- – I don't
1: I don't want to get, I don't want to get yelled at for saying that wrong, but. Mm. And and it's, I mean, I think a lot of it is like how, um, right. Like again, there's, it's not a hazy beer. You can see, right. There's a little bit of nice haze to it. You can see right through it though, still. Um, so there's, there's nothing like hidden here. There is no like, green curtain this beer is hiding behind yes right so it's so the the mystery of like a hazy where it's like what is in there is it lactose is it soup what am i having let's drink (laughs) it and find out this is it's just all there to see and to taste and to smell um but you're right it's you know i think what was it da vinci said or michelangelo like the most impressive drawing he ever did or tried to do was a, a, a perfect circle that he drew freehand. There's something about that. If where, you've ever tried to draw right, a circle, it's, it's you a, understand. It's almost impossible, but... It's, but, a, right, it's
0: but, a beauty in mm-hmm. the simplicity. This is this is the yeah. chef that can put three recipes on your dinner plates, right. and, and you tell stories about that forever. Right, exactly.
1: Yeah, so again, and it's not to say this is like, yeah, and not an exciting beer. It is, but it's in a, it's a different way than maybe... If you started drinking IPAs in the last 10 years, you don't – you may not have had this kind of experience before. Um, but it's really – what jumps out to me is how dank it is in the nose. I really get in there. It's the There's – something like that. It's jumping right out. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it's just like very – the honey and the crystal kind of just slowly fades into this nice, hot backbone uh, that's mm. – No, this is – there's
0: a little man. bit. There's a little bit of uh, bitterness that I get after in the aftertaste,
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. which I appreciate.
0: Well. It's oh, made man. on the West Coast, man. Um, but. Otherwise, drinking this, I, I wouldn't I say this often with a 10% beer. You can't taste the alcohol. But this one is is above and beyond mm. so well put together that I could drink five of these. Yes, I don't remember the last <laughs> time I had any IPA that I could drink five, six of. This that's is, a good point, this too. This is so
1: Drinkable. balanced mm. every sip. There's nothing that's really destroying my palate. Yeah. And it's really good. And it's, yeah, right. There's, it's not like over vegetative. It's just, it's just such a well-made beer and that is like the takeaway from this beer is that's why it's exciting. It's, it's just, it's just very well done. And, um, and it's tasted, this is, as I remember it, I, also, I just remember being just kind of being shocked at how clean and delicious it was and pretty, I mean, pretty wild. We're having it right now in, you know, not in California. Um, this is, uh, and it came in a bottle. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty cool. I never thought I'd see this day. I mean, and it still draws lines wherever it might be on tap or available. It'll it'll people line up for it and those kegs kick just as fast as they always have. So and so that, do that
0: that point specifically mm-hmm. kind of brings me to the theme of this episode yes um it was kind of it was kind of built on the fact that Harrison and I learned we were going to be receiving a bottle of pliny the younger and said how can we celebrate this as yeah. much as possible so we try to build a podcast episode on whales. and there's a lot that goes into craft beer whales, mm-hmm. simply yeah. starting at the fact that they're not defined a whale is, right. it, in generality, a beer that's hard to get, or maybe just a once a year or once every right. three year released. Right. right. But I mean, you can say that something like Goose Island's Bourbon County is right. a whale. It's was only released point. on Black Friday every year. It's a lot easier to get now than it was before. But by definition, that's a whale. Sure, Pliny the Younger. That's been. I mean, that's been on my untapped wish list. I I was content to realize that that may be a, a beer I just never got to taste, right? Right. Because it was so limited release, limited distribution. I knew there was no chance, even if I did make travel plans. Right. I'd have to get lucky enough to wait in a line and mm-hmm. still have it be mm-hmm. there when I got mm-hmm. to the front of the
1: line. Right. I know. Yes. This is a. It's, it's a. It's a really unique one, and it may be. It may always be the ultimate will and, and I guess a dark Lord you could say is up there because of that, the aspect of the line, the waiting once a year, super limited doesn't distribute really. Um, you know, there's like, there are a lot of factors, right? There is no one formula though, for like these five things make a whale. And to your point, um, you know, as a business, which we sometimes forget every brewery is and needs to be in order to keep making beer, if you find something that has like a whale-like draw to it that people freak out about, naturally you want to try and make more of that, kind of build on that. And that's the case of Goose Island and many others um, that, you know, uh, that that have made beers that were super limited and got this cult following. And then we're like, well, next year we're going to get a little bit bigger and have a couple more barrels and a little more space. and Let's make a little more of it. And that kind of builds and builds. And there are a few breweries who had like breaking points where they get to a place where like they have dedicated barrel-aging houses to can improve entire barrel programs. And um and a lot like a lot of these beers are, are stouts that sit in barrels. This one, of course, is not, but um or this, you know, don't need to distribute. Like we've talked about, you know, Treehouse before and how they there's a there's a Facebook group for the line at Treehouse. This <laughs> yes. has 40,000 people and a job brought This to my attention that just for a line, like that's the kind of draw that brewery. You know, brings and they don't distribute at all, and still are you know one of the most top, most checked into places uh, on Untapped in the world. So beautiful, um, right? Treehouse is a brewery that's a whale.
0: Exactly. I don't even. It doesn't often even matter what beer they've put in the can. Mm -hmm. Treehouse themselves are producing something that you'll travel for or wait for. Mm -hmm. It's, It's
1: hard to get. Yep. Yeah, there's similar stories. The Alchemists too, before they kind of ch- 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 closed down for a bit and expanded. If you were in Vermont, I mean, I, I grew up in in New England and was a brewer there for a while. And you'd hear guy, guys would find out what distributor would get a couple of cases of it and when. They'd like pay people or like, you know, I'll get you dinner. Or I'll get you a case of whatever. You tell me what day that's coming into your store. And they just sit in the parking lot and they would literally get out of their car as the truck from the alchemist was dropping cases off at the distributor with their credit cards out like i'm gonna i'll take whatever you'll give me <laughs> like that really happened for many many years um where it was kind of like this right it's this fanfare almost like following the beatles around where it was like jump people freaking out falling out of their cars trying to stand in a line for a long time so there's you know there's very there are lots of similarities you can draw with other kind of cultural phenomenon we've seen in the past but uh but yeah, and it, but it's evolving, right? Let's say you find something that works. You want to, as you grow and be successful as a business, you get bigger and you make more of it, you, you do. And then that kind of changes, can change the conversation around it in and, and many different ways, whether it's available more or it doesn't taste the way that it used to, which you hear a lot, or again, whatever it may be. Um, but I mean, for me, this one is is very unique in that it really is only available at the brewery and, and then like a couple, probably 30 40 bars outside of it maybe may a little more than that because you have a new brewery now but um it's not available many places bottled for the first time but it's still once a year i mean this thing will be gone from like the first day they pour it to like 60 days later you probably you shouldn't be seeing it anywhere anymore it shouldn't be on on tab it should be all all gone and consumed and stuff so that's pretty wild, and it still draws those lines. Um, and with, it, yeah. for
0: such a limited distribution, Pliny the Younger was top trending beer on Untappd. Right, Again, uh, early part right. of February. It, it there's. I think it's such a. I want to draw it back to economics and say that there's supply and demand, and since you have such a low supply of this beer, right, even if it's a small demand, it's mm-hmm. it's it's really high in comparison, right. right. You make more of the beer. Russian River produced more of this beer this year. They released Ever. it in yeah. bottles, mm-hmm. which almost takes away from the whale of it.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Sure. To a purist, I think, to to myself five years ago. Right. When uh, the minute I could actually get Brooklyn Black Ops, right. I was like, ah, it's not as cool as when I couldn't get it anymore. right. right. There's just, right. I think – there's such a, a a hard line there where a whale. I, I would say to myself, a whale by definition is a beer that I cannot attain.
1: Right, uh, which makes right. me want it even more. I was hunting for it. There's Herman Melville coming in. Right, the, the where it got its its reference from.
0: Absolutely. I, I was looking around on the internet. Some of the earliest references I could find.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe the earliest reference I could find from. Like a a blog or a website post comes from a restaurant blog in 2013 Mm -hmm. where he talks about like how you can ask your uh, educated restaurant server about a bomber or to read the ABV or what is a cool ship. And they mentioned whale in there as well with a couple other kind of buzzwords. Yep. If you go even earlier, it's on Beer Advocate in the forums around 2010, 2011. You see a lot of people talking about whales. Yeah. Even up to now, 2020, the definition is still ambiguous. The what is a whale? Mm -hmm. I mean, Pliny the Younger, if that's not a whale, there aren't any. right? But then Dark Lord, Darkness, Bourbon County, Black Ops, where do you draw that line? It's it's hard to define, but I think at the end of the day, I should... Stop compliment, complicating it right. and enjoy the amazing beers right. in my cup. Right that when you, yeah, you get
1: it. Yeah, I remember. There was a forum on beer advocate a long time ago about what is your list of whales and then what's your white whale, or kind of making everyone pick the one whale that was the ultimate. And if I remember correctly, it was many years ago, but Planet of the Younger was almost everyone's. Maybe Dark Lord, um, obviously got some some votes too. But yeah, that's uh, yeah, and I, I wonder if you know. The reason we're talking about beers that have been brewed for many, many years now and not some of the newer beers from newer breweries is the idea of the whale may really start to disappear. And we may see that as it's so easy to get really good beer everywhere, the hunt and the desire and need to travel across the state or the country or the world to go find a beer made just become less and less. As you know, the place a half a mile from your house is also making really, really good stuff, and there isn't a long, or maybe not as long a line uh, there, <laughs> and it's you know easier to access. So, you know, as the again the beer world changes, the idea will change too, which is is pretty cool and interesting to think about. And we're kind of I think there right now where I don't know what the future will hold, but if had to guess. There will always be lines at Russian River and, and Treehouse, but it may be different people in them each year, uh, you know, and or maybe not as long. I don't know. And again, the. And if nothing for else, these these beers put these breweries on the map, allowed them to expand, allowed them to do more of what they like to do and brew other beers. And, I mean, Vinny himself says pretty clearly that this beer is, Planet of the Younger is just too expensive to make all the time. Like, they're probably not making any money off of this. I mean, a little bit, but, like, this is really kind of, you know... This is a, a good th- marketing right. campaign. Right. And actually, when they... He, I think he sends about 20 or 30 kegs to Philadelphia each year, and you have to... I believe this is still the case, you have to have it as a uh, charity event and all the money you make as that bar off the sales of the beer has to go to that charity. Like, he mandates that, which is really cool. That's really cool. But it kind of says, it's, it's, it's. he sent it to the accounts at of Russian River. Is kind of like, here you go, have this awesome event and whatever you make goes to uh, this charity. And But we're going to pack that place and they'll drink one pint of the younger, and then have a bunch of your other beer and everyone's happy. But... Every single one, at least that was that was mandated for many many years, had to have a charity they were um, they were sponsoring or uh, partnered up partnered up with with the Planet of the Younger event, which is really cool too. So you kind of again using the power of this beer to benefit um, benefit more than just uh, the people drinking it, which is really awesome. And um, but again, so campy, you know, tr- keeping the lights on with this beer. Uh, but that's not what it's about. Uh, you know, I think it's a lot of the times. Almost this beer is an ode to where they were, how they got to where they are, want to celebrate it each year. But Blind Pig and Damnation and Elder is kind of what what powers that brewery and allows it to keep existing. It's not going to be this beer, and you shouldn't shouldn't want it to be. That's another uh, point.
0: I actually there was a brewer in North Carolina years and years ago. I asked him about. Uh, a beer that he made. It was a Linwood Brewing concern. They made a yeah, beer yeah, called yeah. Hubris, right? Which at the time knocked my socks off. I haven't been able to get it ever since. Mm. This is probably four years ago. And I asked him. I said, "Man, why don't you know? Why don't you just put do this all the time, man? Right. <laughs> We're in the clear." Right. This right. is what, and, he, <laughs> and he said, "He's like, we have to spend all year kind of watching our hop allocation so that we have enough hops to produce this beer one time." Um. Which that kind of put it into perspective for me. That makes it, I think, even more special.
1: Yes, absolutely. So I'm pumped to have it. This is great. It's been a long time. Definitely kind of being taken back to the first time I had it. And a a younger me who I think went out to band practice full of tacos and beer and love and life on a Friday many, many moons ago. Um, uh, But this is great. It tastes, I mean, it tastes as I remember it, you know, for whatever that's worth. Um, but this is this is awesome and wildest in a bottle and pump for having it together, John. This is great. This is uh, this is absolutely I
0: mean it's it's such a perfectly composed mm-hmm. beer. This yeah. is like a master class right. on exactly. brewing. The yes. uh, the most balanced IPA. Right. I'd wager Sean Hill and Hill Farmstead would appreciate mm. this beer as much as one of their own. It may be maybe they wouldn't, but yeah, but sure. uh, any uh, anybody that's fortunate enough to taste it uh, should should be able to find many great reasons to remember this amazing beer. Um, moving on. Cause there's other things we have to cover before <laughs> we get to the ad break.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, just a couple of notes, uh, are, uh, from drinking socially, the Facebook group on Facebook. That's redundant. <laughs> um, want to send a shout out to everybody that's joined recently. The group itself has grown to over a thousand members, um, in the last couple of days. So it's getting really hard for Harrison and I to keep up with everything that happens on there. If it's something you really want to make sure we see, just make sure you tag one of us in your post. But the three that I want to talk about from recently, (laughs) um, one of them ties right into the whales conversation. Justin shared a post where he was drinking. I won't say it right. West Velt. West West Velt. We call I call it a Westie. (laughs) Right. West Velt. Um, Mm -hmm. Thanks, Harrison. Um, he drank a uh, West Veltern,
1: yeah, sure, eight, yeah.
0: and the Westy 12, the Twelve, which is which is another yes, that's a worldwide celebrated whale, but but one of the one of the great beers of the world based oh, on yeah. reputation. Yep. So congrats to you, Justin, for checking off one of the other beers on my whale list. Um, we saw another uh, Facebook member, Hans. He shared a photo of himself drinking beer from a bowl. Love it. So I know I was really surprised. We caught a little (laughs) bit of guff. (laughs) That was amazing. For calling a bowl a drinking vessel. Oh my goodness. Um, And like everything in the world, you know, there's room for subjective and opinions. Sure. But at the end of the day, uh, thanks for sharing the picture and taking the plunge, Hans. I'll admit I use a bowl more often for cereal and mashed potatoes, but... Um, but it was a fun experiment, and it if was. anybody else tried it after listening to Harrison and yeah. I, I sip from a beer bowl, uh, <laughs> prompts to you. I hope you had a good time. And of course,
1: Harrison, uh, tell us about Michael's post. I know that's near and dear to your hearts. That's right. It was yeah posted right before we recorded that he was enjoying uh, one of my favorite combos: some old Chub from Oscar Blues, their Scotch Ale, and Crawl, the classic nineteen eighties movie (laughs) (laughs) the word the word classic classic is perhaps misused yeah yeah but um, it's all subjective but Um, but yeah uh, he was he enjoyed himself some awesome beers and some amazing amazing swamp battle filled movies that um don and i were were catching some clips of before we started recording it's uh so cheers to you michael that's always a great night when you've got crawl and some old chub you don't need much else you don't need it to have a good night, but I'm pretty <laughs> right.
0: sure It'll be guaranteed. That you won't have a bad night. <laughs> <laughs> drinking old chub and watching curl really? i still have to watch the movie harrison's you know. assured me it is a classic it is um, we love seeing what you guys share with us on the drinking socially facebook group there's always it's it's posts about news topics and what people are drinking and where they're going to be traveling mm-hmm. and what brian's bringing back from his travel right but, man um there's there's some great topic on there and most what i appreciate most is always done in in a really positive even if even if we disagree about a beer bowl or how many letters can be on your cup right. <laughs> it's it's always done in a very adult way so yeah. uh, i welcome any of you that are listening that haven't joined the group come in share your thoughts with us and the more episodes Harrison and i do the more we lean on that group yeah,
1: it's for for fun topics and mm-hmm. advice everything awesome all right so we got some words from our sponsor this week who as always you guys should be pretty familiar with so let's take a listen to that we'll come back and drink drink some more beer want to show off your love of untapped check out our online store and pick up
0: untapped branded glassware shirts sweatshirts hats more depending on how hot or cold you are go to store.untapped.com and enter the coupon code podcast when you check out That'll get 20% off anything you order. That's store.untap.com. Use the coupon code podcast, 20% off for you. Plus it lets them know that you guys are listening and we love that here. The next beer we're going to crack open on this episode about whales uh, really is is due to untapped followers, listeners, social mm-hmm. media followers. Yeah. Um, so Harrison and I, we're kind of perplexed by the idea that whales aren't very easily defined. Right. But if there is a definition, it means they're really hard to get. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we could go to the store and find a bunch of them. <laughs> um, that's a good would you rather. You're but right. in this in this case, uh, we had uh, a limited selection of whales available uh, from our own sellers. And mm-hmm. a subtle shout out to Becca, yes. um, who works at Untap for helping us uh, get Mexican cake from Westbrook mm. and sexual chocolate from foothills. Those Ooh. were the two in the final runnings. We ran an Instagram poll and the voting was actually really close. Yep. I think it was decided by about 50 votes. Yeah. Um, so uh, one, get out and vote, but two <laughs> um, sexual chocolate, one, so that's the beer I'm about to pour into some glasses for Harrison and I. This will be the second whale on our episode about whales. Harrison's got some uh, info about the spec sheet on
1: this beer while I get it ready. Harrison? Indeed, yeah. So Sexual Chocolate from Foothills Brewing out of Winston-Salem. This is classified as an Imperial Stout a 9.6 ABV. 75 IBUs hiding in here, which is always fun to... Jump on, and from them, their notes, it's a cocoa-infused imperial stout, should pour opaque black in color, which it does, dark brown head, lots of chocolate aroma, espresso, blackstrap molasses, toffee, dark fruit, um, and release on Valentine's Day once a year or so love that little story behind it too. But I've, I've actually never had this beer. And as John will kind of share with us more in a moment, it's really, again, the the wellness about this is it's really only available in North Carolina. I saw some check-ins in West Virginia and South Carolina. But if you're not there, you're probably not finding this guy. So, um, And I, you know, relatively new to the state of North Carolina, haven't had a chance to sit down and enjoy this yet. So I'm excited for that because, again, another whale, hunted down and and about to be enjoyed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we might have to edit that out. Uh, another craft beer whale. There we go. Uh, yeah. There there's the save. Uh-huh. Um this beer this was uh, uh it, it is a is a sort of native north carolinian. Um this one was on my list for a while, the first time I'd heard about it was for Valentine's Day. Right. This brewery in Winston-Salem, you have to go there on Valentine's mm-hmm. Day. Initially, I want to say its first release to the public was 2007. Okay. As a tap room exclusive. Nice. Lots of acclaim. People talking about how great of a beer it was. Yeah. And, um, you know, this goes back to the brewer. And, all right, let's make it again, 2008. Taproom exclusive release it on valentine's day i believe the name actually comes from the name of a band in an eddie murphy movie oh okay um which there that that makes sense sure uh the original label work is in my opinion beautiful i Mm -hmm. think it's been updated they actually released it in cans this year okay but at the end of the day it's a once a year release on valentine's day and as I would kind of grew into a beer buyer in North Carolina, this was one of the first beers that I realized. like if, if I was able to get a keg of this, I don't think bottles were happening yet in distribution, but I knew that whatever I had to do, whether I had to sell enough other Foothills beer right. or buy whatever, if I could get a keg of that, yeah. then that became – a, a marketing event for yeah. my location. We we're, we're we're tapping sexual chocolate on mm-hmm. X Y and Z mm-hmm. day. The beer itself would bring people into the store, which was incredible. Yeah, um, and I mean it, it tasted incredible as well. Right. There was there was this beer's won. Uh, I think Gamfo awards. It's won uh, World Beer Cup awards. So it's not it's not just hype uh a lot of these whale beers a lot of them you'll find have a higher abv sure
1: but uh also they're really dang good beers Mm -hmm. yeah i mean this one carries a 4.11 rating on untapped over 40,000 check-ins about 686 this month uh 29,000 plus uniques so Again, for being around since 2007 or so, not a, before on tap was even here, not a lot of check-ins, uh, relatively speaking, and it's only been out less than a, a month right now since Valentine's Day. Let's go ahead and get in on this guy. Ooh. <laughs> mm, all right. That's a huge contrast from where we sure. were a second ago. Yep. Tons. I got tons of chocolate. Toffee hits right away interesting kind of caramelly sweetness yeah. Def- and then like yeah like a coffee kind of bitter finish there almost like baker's chocolate that's pretty cool the the bitter chocolate finish yeah. which is something i've grown to
0: love yeah me too in uh in a big st- i mean this isn't the, this could easily be a russian imperial stout stout from the ones we tasted earlier this year yeah yeah um well no i think there's two the, maybe not maybe not a plain regular uh russian imperial stout there's a lot going on
1: there is indeed yeah there's i mean again the noses yeah a lot of toffee in there chocolate as well um i mean it looks great smells great yeah it's not right so there is obviously as, as it says cocoa in this guy but really not like a it's it's also not crazy. It doesn't have 100 adjuncts. It's probably has no lactose in it um from what I can taste right away. So it's not a wild and crazy beer. It's a stout that is just kind of standing on its own uh which is is awesome. And again, I think that kind of like plays into the kind of in order to be a whale, you had to have first of all been around for a while. Like have enough time and existed long enough to have kind of the folklore and the legend be built up around you. when you look back 10 plus years in craft beer, right, there weren't crazy adjunct, anything is really happening. So um it would almost be impossible to be a whale that has a lot of stuff in it. Dark Lord is the one exception with all the variants it does to it. But Ooh. even still, you're just variants is kind of the key word there where there is a, um the base beer itself uh, is what kind of got the the party started. Uh, if you will, so this is cool. Sec, so, I mean, just kind of right. It's a nice, big, old, chocolatey stout that'll warm you up on the coldest day, and um, and I can definitely see the appeal of yeah, kind of a of finding this out because I'm a big stout fan. And this is like what I look for and hope every imperial stout I have tastes like, and it's it's doing it. This is um, this this was one, probably one of the first North Carolina
0: made whales. I mean, at a time when Hedy Topper and Pliny the Younger and Sip of Sunshine were ruling the beer trade communities, um, and I, I, as a as a as a landlocked, maybe that's not the right word, but as a guy that wasn't traveling a lot, uh, beer trade forums were huge for me before a lot of them started to get shut down. Um, those were, you know, I knew if I could get my hands on a. Bottle of sexual chocolate. I was going to drink it myself.
1: Right. If I get my hands
0: on two, then I could trade one for two sip of sunshines, and I could trade those for a darkness from Surly. Yeah. And if I got yeah. that Surly wow. darkness and another Silent Night from North Carolina, then I could trade those for a Dark Lord. And if I got the Dark Lord and I waited a year, I could trade up to get a Dark Lord marshmallow. And that was the, these are the type of things <laughs> that that yeah. went into these whales years That's and years amazing. ago. Yeah. Where you you had to plan. It was like being a, a, a manager for an NFL team, <laughs> where you have to plan two years in advance right, how right. you're going to get that beer, right? Um, and this for me, this was a, a gateway to uh, beer. The beer trading forums. This one uh traded really high i remember telling my okay. wife at the time right 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 <laughs> <laughs> you
1: get in line behind me see right, if you exactly. can get a bottle after we need me. more we need more <laughs> yeah. dark lord in three years we need <laughs> to get this we need to make this <laughs> <Yeah>. happen <laughs> well, listen you, know. you can
0: plan the financials i'll, I'll plan the beer <laughs> seller um, and this exact bottle has actually been a member of my beer seller since february 2017
1: yeah that's wild it's it's been through a fair amount of hurricanes here and state Carolina. of emergency
0: a couple natural disasters right, right, right. um i moved with yep. this bottle in the cellar but it uh remarkably i think it, it holds up yep. pretty
1: well oh yeah yeah as is the case with bigger beers you, you know again if, <laughs> some obviously the, the hurricanes and disasters don't help but um yeah i mean that they're designed to uh kind of to last longer than uh longer than a couple of months for sure. Yeah, and this is this is cool second. Glad I'm finally tasting it and, and getting to experience it with you. Cause it definitely, again, like it's it's this nice big old chocolatey stout. And what's not to like about that? It's hard. I I tried looking, I can't really find uh
0: an adjunct list or Uh, or an ingredient list. Um, I'll admit I didn't scour the internet. I see a lot of times, especially from the brewery, where they talk about flavor notes of espresso and molasses. And one unique one that always strikes me is dark fruit. Mm -hmm. Um, We were talking about uh, Dark Horse Brewery. They do a fruited stout. I can't... It's a blueberry stout.
1: Blueberry, yeah, the blueberry one. Yes, which is awesome. Um, That's a a great stout.
0: This beer... It doesn't give you that dark fruit flavor, but almost like the the bitterness uh, uh, that you might get from like a, a dark fruit pie a yeah, hundred yeah. years ago. There you go. Uh, blends
1: well with the with the coffee notes in here, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of variants of it. They put it in Woodford Reserve barrels before. I think there's a just a barrel aged version of this that comes out. Yeah, uh, oh, right. the barrel-aged version was it was a taproom exclusive. Okay. I think I
0: started seeing that hit distribution around 2016 or right. so. Nice. They've had it with
1: vanilla beans in it before. So they've had a lot of fun with this beer, too, and just kind of seeing what else they can do and using it as a base, which is, again, yeah, that's great. That's what you want to see from breweries, kind of push the envelope, not playing it safe all the time, taking something that's good and seeing if it can do something else uh, with the addition of Again, an adjunct or some some barrel. From my time. perspective,
0: keep this your Valentine's Day release, and then do a St. Patrick's release with right. marshmallow or or mint do and a mint Mother's and Day release, <laughs> yeah, right. mint, mint chocolate chip, whatever <laughs> yeah. cookies
1: or a shamrock <laughs> shamrock version. <laughs>
0: um, mm. th- that's what I ask as a consumer. You know, give me a, a an adjuncted sexual chocolate every month of the year, and I'll right. gladly right. keep consuming them. Right. Um, but from a brewer's perspective, Harrison, if that was part of your, like, barrel program, is that difficult yeah, to manage where yeah, you've got sure. your mint St. Patrick's Day mm-hmm. beer
1: and your vanilla Mother's Day beer right, and, exactly. your, and, and your... like yep. that mm-hmm. yeah, Firework Confused, 4th of July beer. That would we be, go. That'd be fun. Yeah. yeah I probably wouldn't... Have, I mean, maybe put it in the barrels. It's easier to do in, like, a cask or something. You just have, like, a firkin of and it's gone. Do it just gone. in the tap yeah, room. Or just have someone... Some intern clean that mess when it's done, <laughs> dump out all the chocolate chunks or whatever's in there. But, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, that'd be again to be any whenever you deal with barrels and putting stuff in them, it always sounds more romantic than it is. Just a lot of work and a lot of moving things around and a lot of redundancies and very, very messy. But again, a labor of love. And yeah, they've definitely had a lot of fun with this beer. As you can see, I tapped all the different variants of it. So, certainly. If it was me, I'd love to take this beer and and see what else it can do. Um, uh, knowing it'll always be you know a great beer to to build on top of.
0: It drinks for this one again. Sat in my cellar for three years. It's nine point six percent. It's got a high IBU for a stout. It's not. If there's a trend in stouts, at least I can speak relatively confidently. If there's a trend in stouts in the states, they're adjunct heavy stouts they don't necessarily need to carry a plus nine percent abv yeah um but you're gonna find uh chocolate mint stout coffee bourbon stout instead of just stout um but every time we drink one um, i'm reminded that like man there's there's beauty in this alone whether they put black strap molasses in this beer or not the tasting notes are there yeah, but it's not overpowering. It doesn't take. It doesn't taste like a molasses stout. No,
1: not at all. Cool. Glad we dove into the stiller for this one. I mean, this is uh, pretty neat and, and something we should. We'll probably again um, something we've talked about before. And I know we've gotten some feedback on the Facebook group and other social media about doing a, a vertical tasting or doing things like that. And we hear you. We'll, we'll we'll let you know when if that's possible. It's tough to go back in time. And find (laughs) older beers, so we have to kind of. We're in the situation
0: where we've started a vertical from 2019. Um, (laughs) It might be two years before we get there. Exactly. Creating our own verticals from scratch—that's a really that that when you when when there's a friend that says, "Hey, come over! I have a bigfoot from three years ago, and two years ago, and one years ago." Uh, come drink them with me. That's your that's your best friend.
1: Right, exactly right. Oh man, um,
0: that's a three year process in putting that tasting together. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I know there was a couple of things we wanted to talk about with whales. I think we actually we covered. Yeah, we did. Th- there's still a vague topic, um, but I think if you're if you're just getting into craft beer in maybe the last year or two, I feel like whales are going to be less. Of a topic. And that largely comes from the fact that, right. I mean, this sexual chocolate was created in 2017, or sorry, 2007. Right. Where in the States, we had, I'm totally speculating, I'm going to say 4,000 breweries probably, in the States. Yeah, probably not even, but, yeah, um, maybe less sure. than that. And now we're at 8,000. So is it, uh, is it, possible for every brewery to have a one-day release that everybody's going to line up six hours for
1: and as a side note it's kind of weird that these both come out on february yeah quite the month good month for big beers it's cold most of the place so you know why not uh, warm it up with some awesome beers to drink and so that's uh th- yeah, if anything, the common denominator is that even Santa Rosa gets a little bit chilly this time of year. I think I saw pictures of people wearing long sleeve shirts and uh, pants in California, which is yeah. a rarity, I guess, unless you're in North Northern uh, California. But uh, but yeah, this is um, this has been pretty cool to just kind of just just experience both these beers today. A lot of history, a lot of story, a lot of again stories about it. We've heard. From the younger specifically in the group, as this again just came out, people talking about it and having it for the first time. For like a lot of people, with the saw of, a lot of people tag uh, for the, showing pictures right, of this and for period. the first time they had it. And again, I think the, the bottle ability to have a friend to go stand in line if you can't make it and he gets you a bottle and bring it back and you can have it at your house. Like, that's again, just allows them to share this beer with more people, which is really, really cool. And I know at the end of the day, what they're all about over at, uh, at Russian river. So one of my all time best friends was a girl that worked
0: in pharmaceutical sales. Mm. Um, I, I, now I sound like a jerk saying all time best friends and I don't know exactly <laughs> what she did for pharmaceuticals, but she traveled a lot and yeah. she was better than the beer trade forums because she yeah. hated she, well, she, I mean, she didn't really like beer. Um, but, the camaraderie was really cool. She would just go in and have a pint. But so many times she would go, oh, I got a, I got this bottle. Everybody was making a fuss over it, and it would be a whale. It would be a small-town whale, maybe right. not a worldwide whale like Dark Lord. Right. Um, but that she was great, and then we would drink the beer together, and we would talk about it. And then she started to like them, mm-hmm. and that meant I got less and less. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ret- ret- return trip beers. That's right. But as you kind of touched on, Harrison, uh, drinking cold February is a cold month, and you can make a big beer in February. Mm -hmm. Um, That seems like like an easy way for me to transition into the final note for this show, which is a would you rather. All right. Um, In my talks with Elsa about this beer and her history with Charles and – um, she she said, hey, I've got an idea for a would you rather and I was in love mm-hmm. uh, um, <laughs> because sometimes we struggle to get them. I think we're going to do actually pivot and talk and update our, our Mount Beer more. Yep. Next week. Next so, time. Yeah, for sure. Um, but in the meantime, Elsa submitted a would you rather that's actually kind of thought provoking. Um, the way she phrased it is would you rather drink a porter or a stout on a really hot day Or drink a Pilsner or
1: lager on a really cold day? Where's your, where's your... Love it. Love this question. Love it. Love it because of one beer specifically. As soon as you asked this, said that that's what her question was, a memory jumped into my head of drinking... Um, uh, There's a brewery in Pennsylvania called Sly Fox. They make an iris dry stout called a Riley stout. That's like a 3.7% nitrogenated, only on tap, or only available on a nitro tap stout that's amazing. And it's so good. And the last time I had it was like outside of a place called Johnny Brenda's in Fishtown, which is a really cool bar and music club if you're ever there. Um, Had it on tap, of course, in like the middle of July. And I was like... I it was I, think I was visiting the city, hadn't been there in a while, and was and saw the beers available, and it's one of my favorite beers. And I was like, oh, it's so hot, I don't, I, I don't want that, but I but I need to have it. I'm here, I'll just order it. And it was like having like an iced coffee. It was like having a like it immediately changed the whole experience. The heat kind of made it even more refreshing. It checked that kind of cold brew coffee box in nice. my head. I can see and I that. was like, oh, this is perfect. I'll have another and another. And it was a really cool memory that up until that moment. I think that's like when my brain shifted where you're right. It's easy to grab a porter when it's cold out and you want that dark, warming, roasty everything. Um, when it's hot, you're wondering something light, but this kind of just flipped a switch in my head. So immediately that was my first thought. Then I kind of started thinking back, actually, to the fire I had a couple of weeks ago we mentioned when I had a Schwartz beer, which is a lager, a German-style lager, so that's not a Pilsner. It's a loophole lager, It, it, it might be. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd catch me on that, John. But, uh, but the having a black lager would be great. If it's a Pilsner alone, that's cool, too. I mean, so another quick story. That was – so when I used to go skiing um, – buddies in college it was for whatever reason i don't know what it is about juxtaposition or or what have you but that makes it interesting or an an experience kind of ironic what i don't know what the draw is but we drink margaritas in the cold which is traditionally a tropical or whatever you want to say rebels at this point drink right and a lot of like uh whatever i remember the some local pilsner was like so we'd like on purpose right rebel against the cold and be like oh, i'm gonna i'm tropical in my mind so i'm also fine sitting in like a hot tub with a pilsner covered in 20 feet of stone so i can live in either of these worlds to pick one it's almost it's difficult i'll probably just go to the the the, the, the porter or stout in a hot day because i've been there and that was more of like the i guess mental barrier that I had built up in my mind that kind of when it came crashing down was, was a freeing moment that I'd like to relive again and again. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll jump on that Porter or a hot day. I'm cool with it. I'm great with drinking something that I'll just kind of imagine as a, as a cold brew coffee, uh, with booze in it. If I had sexual chocolate on a hot day, that would be different. That might just knock me right out, <laughs> and I'll be you know asleep in the lawn chair for a while. And you know, someone go flip dad over every twenty minutes so he doesn't cook himself to death. That may be someone's job if that happens, which I don't want to put on anyone. So, um, keep it more on the sessionable side, and we'll we'll dance the dance of the 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 hot day stout any day of the week. What about you, John? What's where, what's your brain doing right now?
0: I'm having a I'm having a really hard time with this. Um, it's hard for me not to be influenced by your stories i grew up and spent my first 30 years yeah, yeah, in right. buffalo it's i winter all year i, I joined the <laughs> army to get out of buffalo and they sent me to the only place that was colder than buffalo um so i'm, I'm very familiar with cold days and yeah. i've drank many a lager pilsner mm-hmm. wit beer yeah. In those yeah. cold days without batting an eye. Right. You know, like, oh, right. it's, it's it's always cold. I'm going to drink a beer. <laughs> Any, This is the beer that I want. Yep. Um, To drink a stout on a hot day seems like more of a challenge right. to me. Like, to drink a stout in a hot tub seems like an actual fear factor yeah. challenge. Yeah. That seems impossibly mm. difficult. But... You bring up like a dry Irish um mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. even like Guinness. Yes. Exactly. Um, I mean Saint Patrick's Day is gonna be happening soon. That's right. There's gonna be a Guinness checked in every second. About and sometimes way. Saint Patrick's Day is warm, sometimes it's cold. Right. It doesn't affect right. Um and Guinness itself, it, it it's a low calorie beer oh,
1: that's awesome. that
0: is generally really sessionable. Yeah. Yeah. So um I I I would drink a Guinness in a hot tub, Don't but for sure. I wouldn't ask for it first. Right, right. <laughs> and would I rather... Honestly, I'd rather never experience a cold day again. I feel like sure. I've lived a lifetime of them.
1: <laughs> you have.
0: But the one that is going to bring me the most nostalgia, and that's what I love about craft beer, mm. is its ability to transcend the bar or the sports field or the office right. that I'm in. And I, I, would, I would relish a pilsner on a really cold day mm-hmm. in the tailgate parking lot of the Buffalo Bills, um, drinking with some Canadian friends that I don't really know. <laughs>
1: um,
0: th- those those bring back the best memories for me. And I think it, still, if you drink enough of them,
1: mm-hmm. it'll
0: bring some warmth to you.
1: Yeah, exactly right. It's all about volume and perspective. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Awesome. Killer. Well, that's an awesome question. I'm glad we got it. A lot of gifts today from from those two. So this is cool to to share it all. For um those of you listening, uh next next episode,
0: Harrison's already mentioned we're gonna update our uh, Mount Beer Moors mm-hmm. and and install the oh, second beer on those um
1: monuments, monuments,
0: uh, to our own beer history. And of course we encourage you to think about your own as well. In the meantime, thanks so much for listening to this show. If you have a would you rather question you'd like to submit, we commonly do those on every show. Mm -hmm. Um, it's something we have a a lot of fun thinking about. If you have feedback topics, things you'd like us to discuss, we heard you about an IBU episode. That's something that I think we need to build in. Um, feel free to share them with us. Send an email to podcasts at untapped.com. Join us on the Facebook group, Drinking Socially. Let us know in there. And if you're having a good time listening to the show, give us a rating on iTunes or subscribe. Check out our YouTube channel. That's my own passion project, and I'm not good at it yet, but you can <laughs> you can still listen to the show on YouTube, and you'll get a little notification whenever we publish a new episode or a random
1: bonus episode yes. with Greg Avola in the studio like right. we did last Friday. Yep, let's go check that Out. Yeah, exactly right. And other than that, we'll see you in two weeks. Cheers. Cheers.